to be able to do that. But so I just I love music and I love that now my DJ this is merging with worship. I mean, there's like worship music that is like really cool beats. Like my whole <laughs> drive here is four hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah. I was jamming to worship style music, but but like the DJ steps up, <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> it's really cool. But I have to admit, worship is more than just music. Yeah. yeah. And like I told you yesterday, you don't have an option. You're worshiping something. Yeah. Mm. The question is, what are you worshiping? And, and worship music gives us a, an opportunity to focus on worshiping God in a very specific and practical way, but it is not limited to that. Just like if, if I only sang love songs to my wife all the time. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little bit older, so like we had Casey and JoJo, like, I will never find another lover. Like that. Uh, I'm not a singer either, so, uh, but I mean, I have a microphone, so I can do what I want. Right now, so that if I'm just over there singing singing that song to her, like that'd be really good. But then she's like, "Well, do the dishes though." Like, <laughs> you still, there's more. There's more to worship. It'd be really yeah. good if I was like singing that song. But then, like, there's an opportunity for me to show her that. Yeah. You know. And before on this trip, I was like, I'm leaving, and I just want you know, what can I do? Around and I'm kind of like crossing my fingers, like maybe, maybe there's nothing I can do before I leave. She's like, no, no, no I have a list. <laughs> she gave me a list, and I was working on that, and so I was really glad yesterday morning when I was leaving. I was like, I got my list done. <laughs> it was really, it was really cool. So that's the way it is with God. Is it's not just about engaging with worship sets, which is awesome. Please do. But there's going to be opportunity to worship Him right now. Later on, and then once you go back to school, yeah. Because worship is is this lifestyle of living in connection with God, and that's why our organization is called Minds Connected, because it, you have to make a decision in your mind to live that way, to live with your mind connected to God. Some of you are just letting that click in and set in there for a second, but um, so let's talk about the management cycle. We're going to get just a little bit practical for a second. Um, and by a second, I mean the whole talk. <laughs> so we go through this cycle as human beings. This is the way that the mind and brain work together. Is we go from awareness to evaluation and then management. But if you can, if you are limited in your awareness, you will be limited in your evaluation, and you will be limited in your ability to manage whatever it is. That's Thoughts, so emotions, relationships, whatever it is. The cycle that we just looked at, the triangle. It, 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 it submits to this process yeah. that we're here. Some of you think you have full awareness, and some of your friends love you enough, and they've helped you have a little bit more awareness. <laughs> um, and if you've ever been in a romantic relationship, that person has given you another level of awareness. Like, I, I didn't realize until I got married that I always slept with my socks on. And, uh, and my wife was like, why do you sleep with your socks on? And I was like, I don't know. My feet get cold. And I never, no one had ever asked me that. I, I never realized that I slept with my socks on. And then I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to just walk on the wild side. And I took my socks off. And I'm like, man, this is nice. This is great. You know, it's like feet commandos sleeping. It's just it's awesome. 
<laughs> but I wasn't able to evaluate that and manage that until she brought it to my awareness. Yeah. Some of you have had limited awareness in your finances. And you thought that you could just guess and check and manage your money without being aware of how much is in the account. Mm. But if you're not aware of how much is there, you can't evaluate where does it need to go. Yeah. Then you can't actually spend it in the right places. Yeah. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but the same works with your thoughts, same thing works with your emotions, same thing works with your behaviors. If you are not aware of it, then you cannot evaluate it. So that's what we were doing yesterday, is I just wanted you to be aware of what is it that needs transformation. Because yeah. Jesus is offering you transformation. He's inviting you on this journey. And if you read the biographies of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to see that Jesus was walking these 12 people specifically, but really 5,000. I mean, there's a number of people, but he's walking these people on a transformation journey. It wasn't this event. It wasn't this... It was, it was, people were walking, and even after Jesus was gone, if you follow after those biographies, there's this there's this other book called Acts or Acts of the Apostles, and that tells a story of how these apostles they they, they kept on walking their transformation journey. And what's really interesting is that people always wonder, they ask me questions like, you know, once I meet Jesus, doesn't everything just supposed to get better? Well, I mean Jesus. The disciples, they met Jesus, they hung out with Jesus, they ate with Jesus, they fished it with Jesus, <laughs> and they were still on the transformation journey. Yeah. I mean, you look at Peter's message in Acts, what a great name, by the way. Probably means something like Steadfast Rock, <laughs> or Pebble. <laughs> you look at it in original language. But Peter preaches this amazing message that there's no way he could have preached that, yeah. that first day yeah. that Jesus said, yeah. <laughs> I can't whistle, but, you know, like, come here, follow me. Yeah. But that's what's so amazing is that if there was hope for the disciples that actually hung out with Jesus in real life, there's hope for us. Yeah. We're still in process. We can walk out this journey. And this is the management cycle is what reminds you of your awareness keeps on going up. You grow in your awareness and you're aware of what's there. What is it that God needs access to? Two. And some of you have been a little stingy with your stuff. Mm. You haven't wanted to just let him have it. And so, because you don't believe that it's possible. Oh. I was very scared that there weren't other levels of transformation for me as a person. Even, even after that first salvation experience. You know, salvation being that's when I started my relationship with Jesus. But it was it was exactly that. It was a relationship with Jesus. And I love him now more than I did then, but I loved him then. And he and I knew that he loved me then, but I understand so much more. I'm not living in fear that he's just gonna stop loving me one day. But that's been a process. And some of you need to, to get to that place. You need to see that as a goal. You can get to that place where you know that God loves you. So let's let's look at the body for a second. These are the things that we're trying to be aware of, we're trying to evaluate, we're trying to manage. We're looking at the body facilitates our lives. It facilitates this process, these things that we use on a daily basis. You're using these things right now. Mm -hmm. And you are using your sensory system to take in the data 
of what I'm sharing, and uh, not even just my words, but you're looking at my charts. I told you yesterday that I have dyslexia, uh, and so I didn't learn how to read until I was 13. I met Jesus before I knew how to read. The first book I ever read was Matthew of the Bible. It was that first biography that was there. It was amazing. It was a great book to read. Um, the second book that I, I, I read, I mean, I just kept on reading the Bible, but uh, uh, like an actual novel was I got to uh, college and in English 101, they gave us a book and that was the first book I ever read. And then in English 102, I got the second novel and that was the second novel I ever read. And I haven't read a novel since. It's, not really, it, it's just a lot of work for a dyslexic to read a novel. I've listened to books, so Audible is my friend. I'm not getting paid by them, but being able to listen to books, it, it helps a lot because I don't have to mess with my eyes yeah. trying to read. So reading's hard, but charts are awesome. Yeah. So if you don't like charts, then just look right here. But, but this is why I use charts because my brain works in charts because that's how I had to store information for 13 years. I didn't have words. I had to memorize pictures, um, and so uh, I realized that I had that I, I, I struggled with reading, but I was really good at photographic memory. When I was eight years old, and I saw somebody making an origami rose. I saw them make it step by step, and I memorized them making that. Two hours later, I went home, got a piece of paper, and made the origami rose. Isn't that interesting? We all have our gifts. Yeah, maybe uh, reading's hard, but origami is easy. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's the same for you, right? <laughs> so our, our body facilitates this life that we get to live in. You have gifts just in your body. There's, there are gifts that you have. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost sure that all of us have something that we wish we could change about our body. You know, for me, my, my dad would always talk about how much he didn't like his nose. He never said he didn't like my nose, but he always talked about how he didn't like his nose. Because us pinon men are blessed in the snaz department. I mean, we have an excellent sense of smell, thank you very much. We can smell when the trash needs to be taken out. My dad would be like, nah, I don't like my nose. And I didn't realize that as he was talking negatively about his nose, I was internalizing it about my nose, because we have the exact same nose. Isn't that interesting? So he didn't know why I was insecure about my nose, but it's because he was insecure about his. He thought yeah. negative about his nose, and that's how it is of all of us within the body of Christ. Like you can't say something negative about you, and it not hurt somebody else. Because yeah. it's it, like if I said all dyslexics are stupid, they're not. Us dyslexics, we are intelligent. We have there's some other ability. The way that our brain, it's a gift of the way that we work. You would be looking at words right now instead of pictures if I wasn't a dyslexic. <laughs> That's a good so you're welcome, or I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's we all have those gifts, and you have to understand that as we're processing through these things, your body is a gift from God. It's something that God designed, no matter what. Even if it's even if things are are, are too long or too big or too small, or you know you have. You know, different hairlines or whatever it is, God has gifted you with a body and it matters. And it's a beautiful thing. And as complex as the body is, the mind is more complex. But before we get there, let's zoom into the brain. I wanted to give you something that you could have for the rest of your life. Dan Siegel is a mentor of mine uh, that I've never met yet. 
And, uh, and he has taught me the hand model of the brain, and I wanted to just share it briefly with you so you understand just a little bit about neuroscience and how your brain works. Um, so if you take your palm out and you do this, uh, and you put your thumb in there, uh, you can see the hand model of the brain. And the, the brain is, is, is it's balanced. So you would have two thumbs, but my hand only has one thumb. But just imagine there's another one over there. Because uh, your brain has, it's, it's like a, a video game system. It has two, use two things to, to move it left and right. Um, and so that's why video games work really well for us. I feel like I'm plugging the video games, huh? But, but that's, we want that, that left and right balance. If you look at your headphones, one has an L on it, one has a right. Yeah. Or, or an arm. Right. Yeah, yeah. L for left and then right. Yeah. See? Dyslexic. It doesn't help. <laughs> because that's the way the brain works. It has it has two hemispheres. And, and that's the way that God has there's a left and right and there's up and down. And we want our brain to be connected. And when it's connected, when the when the, the cortex, the top layer, is connected to the core, we feel really good. So I'm hoping that you guys are cortex to core right now. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, but, but let me just tell you, if, if you started to get upset and you started to get really angry if I uh, offended you, and you know, and I told you something very uh, emotional, your core would start to get hot. And the more energy that goes to the core, the less energy you have for the cortex. And so the energy gets pulled down here. It feels like you're having emotional hijacking. And if you look at what's there, you can see that uh, in the core you have the emotions, your memory, your ability to evaluate quickly. Not extensive evaluation, but first level evaluation, like good, bad, ugly, pretty, like very quick evaluations. And it's very polarized in the core. There's not, there's not a continuum in the core. It's very <laughs> this or that. Uh, and then motivation, Attachment. There's a lot of other things here, but I didn't put it on the list because, uh, like, sex drive, your hunger, all of that's in the core, and it gets processed at the cortex. But there, you can find yourself. You're like, oh my goodness, I ate the whole bag of Cheetos. <laughs> you didn't even know that was your core. You're welcome. Your core was doing that, and so once the core takes over, it's almost like you flip your lid, and you feel like you're disengaged until the core comes back in, and then you have these executive functions like problem solving, decision making, emotional management, empathy, attunement, disconnection, creativity, insight, social intelligence. Hmm. So when, when your core is connected to the cortex and you can really connect with people, it feels really good. Hmm. You guys have had lunches or coffee or conversations in small group and you've been able to feel like when everybody's connected, it just feels really good. And then you've also had where somebody flipped their lid, and then they let you flip your lid. There was just a flip and flip that was going on in that situation. And but if somebody's flipped and you're not, you can you can hang on and you can help them come back there. Some of you have gotten really angry and you've lashed out. You've said something and you got it all out there, and then all of a sudden your your cortex comes back online and you're like. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. And you can't take it back. And you're like, I don't know, I don't know where that came from. I don't know where, what, what happened. Or, or maybe uh, there was a night where you know one thing led to another. The core took over. You had this hijacking. And so you need to be aware of that. You need to be aware of how your brain works. Yeah. And that's what gets really 
confusing. It, may, it makes you feel like you have two different people inside you sometimes. But you, you, you have to understand that that's the way that the brain works. And God has gifted us with a mind that helps us to, if our mind is connected to our brain, then we can manage that. We can be aware, oh, I'm flipped right now. Now is not the time to have that conversation. I need to wait until my cortex comes back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a breathing. If you breathe, if you just go, to 10, that can help the core to come back in. If you can take a walk, you can get fresh air. There's a lot of things that you can find. You don't have to notice what that is that can help the cortex to come back online in connection to the core. So it's not cortex over core, it's both of them that we're born for. Because some of you are very core driven and some of you are very cortex driven. And some of you uh, like both. But the cortex people, you're the heady people that like people have said, like, do you have the emotion? <laughs> Like, do you feel it? You because know, you don't you don't cry in movies. You know, somebody steps on your toe. You're like, eh. no big deal. Somebody cuts you off. So you're very cerebral, and so that's 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 the opposite extreme of like you your core you're you're you stuff your core, and so you're you're not really in, in, in tune with that. So that God's design is that uh, that our brain will be connected, all layers, left to right and up and down. That's what. Is, is wanting for us. So what, what helps us stay connected and helps our body have the best chance for health for that day is sleeping, eating, and exercise. There's other ones, but these are, yeah. if, if you are feeling like your health is, is off, these are some things that you can go to and you will get the most bang for your body. Yeah. If you put some effort into regulating these things, and a memory aid is seed. Because I promise you, if you're not sleeping, eating, and exercising, it's going to change your perspective. Yeah. Your mind is going to be limited if your body cannot facilitate the life yeah. that you're living. So some of you have been like, you know, well, you, you flipped out and you you're, you're, you had a, a core takeover and you realize, you're like, oh, I didn't sleep last night, or I pulled an all-nighter. Yeah. Or you're like, oh, I haven't eaten lunch. I haven't eaten all day. So your body didn't even have energy to be able to facilitate life yeah. and have the emotional control to stay connected. Because your body only has so much energy. And it's going to prioritize it. That's the way that we work. So these are some basic things that you can do to help you in this transformation process. Because a lot of our a lot of our errors, a lot of the things that we do, even sin, can happen if we're not taking care of our bodies. Because our body matters, it's going to facilitate yeah. that life. So sometimes, if you would just give yourself a curfew or tell yourself, "I just need to go to sleep," instead of having an argument, it helps a lot. Something very, very basic, you know, or just say, "You know what? I'll call you back after I get something to eat." Or you go exercise, and what exercise does is it is it ramps up the system. And then it regulates everything, even after like going on a run or a walk or lifting weights or it doesn't have to be anything super crazy like CrossFit or P90X or Sabata. <laughs> but just basic things can help the core because because again I'm not telling that's not for everybody. You know it might just be sometimes I'll do ten push-ups and that'll help me for, for everything to come back online. Um, and it's amazing. It feels it feels it feels great to experience that. Um, so 
what, what, what an action step for you uh, coming out of this weekend would be like, what does your body need? Where do you struggle with that? Like, what is the what is the thing? It might not be one of these three things, but there might be something you know about your body that you are better. Your body's better at facilitating a life of transformation that you want when you do this certain thing. And so it might be walking every day. It might be making sure that you start eating breakfast. It might be skipping breakfast for some people. Some people are they're skipping breakfast is actually better. And they feel weird when they eat breakfast. You just need to pay attention. Everybody is different. Um, yeah. And so you want to you know that. So let's go back to the triangle. You'll see there. So we're talking about the body. And we're about to zoom in to the mind. Because the body facilitates life. But the mind, let's look at this. The mind manages. It manages these things. Our sensations, our thoughts, our emotions, our behavior. And so yes, the brain is awesome, this is great, but what manages the brain, what can allow you to notice, oh, I'm having a core takeover. The mind is what processes that. And that's why your mind needs to be connected to your body, to your brain, so that you can know what's going on. Because if you have limited awareness of what's going on, then you're not going to be able to evaluate and you're not going to be able to manage it. Is this clicking? We're walking through that cycle. Yeah. And so you need to be aware of that. Some of you don't even know what your thoughts are until you start talking. And the other person and you are listening to the thoughts at the same time. <laughs> You're like, oh my goodness, I didn't know I felt that way. Like, yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. You got a lot going on in there. And the mind manages that. It's a powerful thing. And remember, um, I'm not saying, I don't know where the mind starts and stops and the soul and the spirit. I'm talking about this internal part of us that when God breathed on us, we had this ability to process things. Okay? So don't get hung up on, like, I'm not this, like, say, mind is king. No, no, no. I'm saying just the internal parts of you. There's something in you that is greater than your brain. There's something in you that's greater than your sex drive and your hunger drive. There's something in you that can say, I'm gonna give up a meal right now. And I'm gonna give the money that I would've spent to buy this meal to somebody else that needs it. Or I'm gonna buy a meal and I'm gonna give it away. So your core is saying, I'm hungry, feed me. And your, your mind is able to say, no, 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 more than that, I want this person to have my meal and I want God to supply my needs. That's not, that's not animalistic. Yep. So, uh, with all due respect, there are some people um, that believe that we are the same as animals. Now, the things that I talked to you about the brain, that we do have some of that in common with animals. But animals do not have this stuff. They don't have the ability to manage it that way. You can train them, but they can't be transformed. Okay? That's why sometimes people tell me, they're like, how do I train my kids? I'm like, they're not puppies. <laughs> like I did, I did what you told me, Peter. Like, yeah, but they're not puppies. And then, you, know, you give them a candy after they do that, and yeah, they'll, they'll do that. But that doesn't mean that they're gonna know that God loves them and that you love them. Yeah. I buy my kids everything they want. I don't know why they're not healthy. <laughs> or I don't give my kids everything they want because I don't want them to be materialistic. I don't know why they're not healthy. <laughs> They're not puppies. Yeah. We're not puppies. A 
puppies are great though. So if you <laughs> no offense to puppies. Emotional support animals. Pretty sweet. If I if they would have had those, I'd have a dog with them right now. Because <laughs> I'm facing my fears. It's like I'm speaking in front of snakes, basically. No, I'm not saying that you're snakes. You pikers! Don't take my words out of context, guys. That's not nice. Tell <laughs> so you you're flipping. Calm down, calm down. Let's look at the ABC model. Okay? This is gonna this is a tool that I use in cognitive behavioral coaching, counseling, and therapy. Um, so I use this to help treat and to help uh, people in the transformation process. And it's complex, I know that. Uh, and you can you can Google it, it's not mine. Uh, Albert Ellis came up with it. Um, but I, I just want to explain it just a little bit so that you understand. Uh, an activator, you might know it more commonly as a trigger. People talk about a trigger, I got triggered. Um, and so I'll give you an example, um, getting cut off in traffic. Have you ever been cut off in traffic? <laughs> Raise your hand. Yeah. Don't be shy. Okay. Some of you don't drive. You're walkers. So <laughs> those people that it says walk and then the car doesn't stop for you to walk. It's like no, the, the, the white guy is standing there and they keep going. Like that's like getting cut off. So if you don't drive and you never got cut off, if you're a walker, then that's what it feels like. So I'm like what are you what are you doing? So that's an activator. Yeah. An activator activates a belief, and once a belief is activated, biblically, a lot of times when the when the Bible is talking about beliefs, it's talking about the heart. You believe it in your heart. Yeah. And so it's like something's getting activated in, in our belief system. It, it fires off this automatic thought. And so if you got cut off in traffic, that's the activator. But the belief might be different. It might be seriously. That might be the thought you come up with. It might be, really? Like, you know, it might be something else that I'm not going to say from the microphone because we're in a church. And I'm offended that you would even think that I would say that from this mic. I would not say that. And some of you might use a certain gesture. I just go like this. I'm like, you know what you did. You know it. So I use this finger. It's very important. And, and I make sure that it's I do this because otherwise you don't know which you know what the shadows can play tricks on you. And I don't know if it's somebody that I go to church with or somebody from the campus that I work with. I don't you know I don't want anybody to think that I'm that kind of person. You might be that kind. I still love you. Yeah, waving through. You can just wave at them. That's a good, that's a good thing. But you get you get activated by getting cut off. The belief gets activated. And that's the tricky thing about beliefs is that you can have a belief that gets activated and you don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. You have a thought, but you don't know what belief got activated. And the belief is what has the emotional charge to it. Mm -hmm. So the belief leads to an emotional consequence at C. Mm -hmm. So what I've noticed is some people get cut off and they feel angry. Some people get cut off and they feel anxious. Some people get cut off and they get sad. Man, this always happens to me. <laughs> Start my life. Start. I'm not sure who, who that is that I'm impersonating. It's not my wife. <laughs> and some of it is, 
that's what was interesting in science is we, we discovered that, that we used to think that the activator caused the consequences. I don't like algebra, but we have to solve for B. Because the beliefs are what really determine what the consequences are going yeah. to be. Because yeah. the activator doesn't necessarily determine mm. the consequences. Mm. And so that's what's really interesting, is that Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I would say, not that I'm Jesus, but you know, I'm musical, so you can kind of riff on that. So I would say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mind thinks. <laughs> So you get activated, and this stuff comes out. That's good. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes you don't know until you flip your lid, and this stuff comes out, and you're like, oh, I didn't even know I believe that. Yeah. Mm. Do I believe that still? Mm. And you, you, you become aware of it, and you start evaluating in that way. So there's an emotional consequence, and our, our bodies want to align. We want to align our beliefs, our emotions, our physical Consequences and then our behavioral consequences. The behavioral consequences are very basic. It's like fight, flight, freeze. Mm. So anger makes us want to fight, and, and, and it, it rushes blood to the hands. Your body prepares to fight, and so it, it just thinks more naturally, you're gonna need extra blood here. And so some of you, when you're angry, you don't know what to do with your hands. <laughs> Or you might break a pencil or a pen or your phone or you throw something. Any, any throwers here? Okay, don't raise your hand. Oh, you. Thank you for being honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's a football, right? You throw a football. And you know, just, it's not so much heck a sack. So the blood goes to your hands. And so you have this belief, whatever it is, activator happens, belief gets activated, you feel angry, and then you want to fight. And so your body is aligning with that, and you feel you feel that going. Or anger. I mean, excuse me, or fear. Fear is going to activate the, the extra blood to the feet. So when you're anxious or fearful, you get a lot of extra blood in your feet. And it's, I mean, my wife gets mad at me because obviously I struggle with anxiety. But man, my foot will just, if I'm, if I'm anxious, it's like, because <laughs> there's extra blood going there because I don't know if I'm going to have to run away. <laughs> Especially when I'm talking, I'm facing my fear. I'm like, I'm going to run away from this place. These people don't like me. <laughs> so fear prepares you to flight, and sadness prepares you to freeze. Huh. It's yeah. this. It, it kind of shuts things down. Your heart rate slows down. Blood pressure goes down. It's kind of quiet. That's what our body wants to be able to align that way. Now, it's not that simple, but that's what it wants to do. Yeah. So if you have an activator, and you didn't choose the activator, you have to believe it. Boom, 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 ABC. ABC has one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it just it goes. Yeah. And you can get into this ABC cycle. And that's what we call survival. Mm. Whatever activator is, whatever beliefs are already there, whatever consequences wow. have up, the consequences so shoot back up and activate more beliefs that activate more consequences that activate more beliefs that activate more consequences. And that's what people, I, I'm, I'm sitting with people, my friends, and they're just like, well, I don't even know, Peter. It's like one thing led to another. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I'm such a nerd that I can explain that to you. I don't know what you keep talking about. One thing did lead to another. I understand. <laughs> 
because you just went off of whatever got activated. Yeah. You made me angry. Ah, well, you had something stored in here yeah. that just got activated. Yeah. And what's interesting is that once beliefs get activated, they can be altered. Hmm. So it's almost like the belief gets activated, and in its, in its original form, it comes out, but then it's like you can double-click on it, and it might change. Yeah. Like some of you thought you had a friend, and then the activator happened, and you were like, you double-click, and you're like, oh, no, it's not a friend. Hmm. And so in your mental Facebook or Instagram, you stop following them, and you wow. stop, you, you, you unfriended them in your mind, in wow. your heart and mind, you have unfriended them, and you, you said, oh, they're my friend. And then that happened, and you're like, not no more. Wow. Mm -hmm. Silent treatment for them. Three days wait to text them back. <laughs> or you text them with no punctuation. <laughs> That's how some people will show you that they're upset with you. There's no, or no emotions. You just, you, you, you're, you're, you're experiencing that. Mm -hmm. So a belief gets activated, then you can get altered. And you yeah. can get lost in that cycle. Now, survival mode has a purpose. If somebody tries to hurt you, yeah. and it's life-threatening, you need your ABCs. Just, I mean, roll with it. Yeah. Fight, fight, freeze. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you which one to choose, but those are your main options. Uh -huh. If somebody tries to take my wallet, I'm going to freeze and give them my wallet. <laughs> They want my phone, they can have my phone. Just not my children. Yeah. Not all of them. <laughs> Two out of three. Let's bargain. You can have this one. I'm back on Tuesday because he's got soccer. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Especially CBS. That would not be <laughs> This counselor guy. <laughs> talking about giving his to a locker. <laughs> a burglar. I said that yesterday. So survival really matters in that in that context. But what happens is you go through activators and because of how you were raised and because of your personality and all those things working together, you think something's life threatening when it's not. And so you don't engage your cortex to go all the way to the decision making. Wow. So thrive mode, because I'm telling you, I'm gonna teach you how to thrive. To thrive, you do have to engage your cortex and you have to be able to think about it and think, okay, how, how do I problem solve? I'm not just gonna go with fight, flight, freeze. There's more options there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you're gonna engage that, you need, to, you need to say, hold on, what are my ABCs? How do I process through this stuff? Asking yourself some questions help you, and you know, you call a friend, you're like, I can't believe this, and you blah, 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 and you just vent out your ABCs, and then you're able to think, well, what should I do? Yeah. That's when you know your cortex is coming back all the time, because you're, you're mapping up, you're mapping up to D, and that's really good. Yeah. And that's a, that's a better rhythm, A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D, versus A, B, C, A, B, C, A, B, C, A, B, C. It's obviously quicker, A, B, C, A, B, C, A, B, C. So if you need it, it helps you survive. But if you want to thrive, you cannot live on default and survive mode. Some of you had some chaotic childhoods or even maybe even adolescence. And so you spent more time in survive mode than thrive mode. And so it's really hard to get over there. Yeah. If you like me, that's tough. I mean, I, I, I don't know, I don't know if I'll ever get to the place where I've spent more time in thrive mode than survive mode. Survive mode just feels very comfortable for me. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, some of you, if somebody tells you off or cusses you out, you go into fight. I go into flight yeah. or freeze. Fight is just not an option for me. I'm not. I'm not good at that. I'm not very good at sports, and so. But I, I like playing sports, so I've tried to play sports. And all my friends are like, Peter, you got to be more aggressive. I'm like, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> so I'm not the guy that you want on your team for that reason. But I hustle. I run. If I can, if I can take it away from you without hurting you, then I will. So. <laughs> but we need both of those modes. Yeah. So in order to survive, you need to be aware and to be able to evaluate and manage when you're in survive mode so that you can switch and go to thrive yeah. mode. Let's talk a little bit more about that. I'm going to talk to you about false beliefs for just a second because to get you out of survive mode, you have to know the truth. Yeah. Jesus said that if you know the truth, You gotta know the truth. Yeah. Not just hearing it, but know the truth. It's gotta go at a deeper level. You gotta believe it. And that truth will set you free. Yeah. So for us, what what hurts us a lot of the time is that we we think that facts determine everything. But anytime a fact happens, and so activators are kind of like facts, there's parts of activators that are facts. Yeah. So like something happens, and, and you think that uh, you have an option to believe that there's a, a true conclusion or a false conclusion. And depending on your conclusion based on that fact, is gonna determine what your belief is about that fact, is gonna determine what emotion you feel and what behavior you choose. So it's very, very important for us to make sure that we're having true conclusions about facts. So like I told you yesterday, I have dyslexia, fact. My false conclusion was, I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. So my belief was, I am stupid, and I'll never amount to anything. So I felt that way, and my behavior aligned that way. I didn't even try to learn how to read, because I thought I was stupid, and what was the point? I was sexually abused. My conclusion was, that's fact. My conclusion was, it was my fault. I'm the perpetrator. I'm the kind of guy that does that to people. And I was scared. So I didn't want to get close to people. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to get hurt again. But everything just aligned with that. That's the way we work. The beliefs want to align with the behavior. And unless you use the power of your mind and spirit and soul to map up and change your beliefs, because you have the power to do that. God has gifted you with that. That's what transformation is. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so you have to you have to go back to that fact and say, okay, what was the fact and what was my conclusion? Because you know what's interesting is that it's a fact that I have dyslexia, but I'm not stupid. So the true conclusion is I'm intelligent, and I'm not being I'm not trying to be braggadocious. Um, I learned that word, so I just had to throw it on I'm not trying to brag. But I'm intelligent. I realize there are certain things that I can do. And, and what I had to, to go back in my belief, belief system and say is, I have dyslexia, but I'm intelligent. And not for one moment of my life have I been stupid. There's never been one moment in my life that I have been stupid. 
There was never one moment that the abuse was my fault. Yeah. There was never one moment that you've been trash, yeah. that you've been worthy of rejection, that you've been worthless, unlovable. There's never been any of those moments. And that's the beauty of your belief system. Yeah. Is if something's true, it's true. And you can go back into your memory and activate those beliefs yeah. and alter them. When I was getting bullied, and when people were calling me stupid and calling me a girl and saying that I was a sissy-fied Tweety Bird because of the little rascals, <laughs> none of those things were true. Yeah. And so I could go back into my memory and process those things and say, yeah, that's what they said. That was, the fact was that they said that. Yeah. But the fact was not true. Yeah, yeah. You bring in a true conclusion, and that's transformation. That's good. You get what I'm saying? So you cannot change the facts, but you can change your conclusions. You can change them right now. Yeah. Horrible things have happened to you, and you had a false conclusion, and you can choose over this weekend to start to renew your mind by separating that and saying, that was the fact, this was the false conclusion, here's the truth. Isn't that amazing? That's what God, that's the power that God has given us. And so that's what confuses us a lot of the time. So now we're gonna look at uh, five skills and then we're gonna wrap up. I'm just gonna give you an overview of some practical tools on how to do that. How can you increase your awareness? The first skill that I'm gonna talk about is validation. So let's talk about validation. Validation is communicating that you understand the ABCDs, at least the ABCs. And so when you, when someone is sharing that, or when you are reflecting on your own ABCs and you're able to say, wow, that's a big deal. That's just the activator. When I'm sharing my story up here, some of you have this skill, and it's a natural thing that you do. Whenever you understand something, you validate it. And whenever you don't, you invalidate it. It's just a natural thing. But you can grow, it's, you have a natural skill, but it's a skill so that you can develop it, you can get even better at this. And some of you are really good at validating other people, but you're not very good at validating yourself. And some of you are good at validating yourself, but you're not very good at validating <laughs> other people. And some of you just need help all the way around. Because <laughs> you're like me. And maybe you just, you just didn't know how to do it. But you can validate the, the, the A's and say, wow, that was a big deal, or the police, man, I can see how you would think that. We're not talking about truth yet. We're just saying, I get how you would think that. I get how you would believe that you were stupid. And so you're just looking at the thing that we just looked at, and you're just validating their journey, and you're validating their story, and how that thing was, but you're validating that in your own, in your own mind. And then the consequence of the emotional and the physical, because it's like the two sides of the coin. Man, uh, it makes sense that you felt that way. Hmm feels really good, you feel connected. And the best person at validation is God. Yeah. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can feel him validated. And a lot of times our own false beliefs invalidate and limit what the Holy Spirit is trying to say. He's communicating, he's saying, man, that's a big deal. Hey, hey take a break, take it easy. Man, just spend time in my presence, like let's, let's work through this. You're like, oh, I'm gonna rub some dirt on it. No, it's not a rub some dirt on it. It's a big deal. Yeah. You gotta validate that. 
It just helps you know what are those ABCs. And then behavior, that's the, the tricky one, is like, man, I know a lot of people that would have done that. Again, in, 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 for yourself, you just need to, you need to be able to just check in. That's increasing your awareness. You're getting the highest level of awareness that you can. And then you move in to the next two skills of thought challenging and thought refocusing. And so this is, we, we have a tool for this to help us get to that place. One, validation just helps us to know what's there, and then we want to know if what's there is healthy, if it's true. And so we start, we start moving beyond that, and we ask ourselves these questions. Uh, I didn't come up with this uh, necessarily. I tweaked it a little bit, but um, you can Google it. There's all kinds of people. I put it in this framework um, because of what I do. But you can ask yourself, you can, like, if, if you have a thought, like, man, I'm, I'm not good enough, I'm, I'm worthless, and you run it through this filter, and you start with the closed-ended questions, and you say, hold on, is that true? Is that true? So you're making this decision. You've already validated I get how I'm thinking that way. I get why I think I'm a stupid, but am I stupid? Is that true? And if it is true, then is it helpful? Is it helpful for me to say that in my mind? To myself. Is it important to think about that right now? Like, I, I've shared some of the worst moments of my life with you already, but I don't wake up every day thinking about those things. It's not important. It's not important for me to think about that. I mostly want to think about it when God is encouraging me to share it with somebody, yeah. like you, or when I'm having coffee. I'm just honest with people. I'm like, yeah, some stuff has happened to me. But that's when it's important. But other than that, yeah. I don't think about it a lot. Mm -hmm. Or I'm in my counseling sessions, and I'm working with my therapist, and we're working through to get other levels of healing and transformation for me. Because yeah. I want to do this the rest of my life. And if I don't work on me, then I'll be no good for you yeah. or any of my other people. Yeah. And so, uh, and I'm talking about effective. I'll obviously be valuable and lovable, and not being contradictory to my own stuff. <laughs> So, you know, but is it important? Is it necessary? So is it important? Is it, do I need to be thinking about that right now, in this moment, at this time? And then finally, the packaging of it, is it kind? And if at any point the answer is no to one of these, then you flip over there and say, well, if it's not true, then what is true? You go from closed-ended questions to open-ended questions. Like, what is true? What is true? If I'm not stupid, then what is true? Well, I'm intelligent. What's helpful? It might not be helpful for me to tell myself that all the time. <laughs> but in that moment, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's helpful. It, it might be important for me to say that when I'm nervous and when I'm insecure. It might be necessary before I come up here and talk. I always have this fear. Part of the fear of public speaking is like, because I spent so many years telling myself that I was stupid, my biggest fear is that I would, I would finish talking and I'd put down the mic and one of you would come up to me and tell me, Dave, you are so stupid. I didn't understand anything you said. Like, you, you, you we're so confused. Like, we don't even know what you're talking about. Like, you really need to find a day job. And that's why I have a day job, just in case this doesn't work. Like, I have one. We don't always do retreats anyway. <laughs> I talk like a surfer when I'm defensive. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, bro. <laughs> it, 
think Mexicans could do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, man! You're stupid! I would never say that to someone. But my Mexican alter ego is an Pepe. He's a different story! I don't know where that comes from. I mean, seriously, we're done with that. So you go from is it what is important, what is necessary, and then what is kind. And then you, you got a good thought. You got something that if, if, that, if those things are triggering emotions, then you need to be feeling angry. You need to be feeling fear. If somebody slaps my mama and I go through this stuff, I'm going to be angry, and I should yeah. be. My mama's a wonderful person, and she never deserves that. So I'm, and I, I'll, I'll go through this real quick, and then I'm going to go in survive mode. But I want that person to pay, so I'm not going to punch them. I know you're going to judge me, but I'm going to get them in a headlock, tackle them to the ground, and then use Siri to call 911, because I want them put away. I don't want an assault charge. I thought this through. <laughs> But I need to be angry. And so a lot of times, you grew up in a household where you shouldn't be fearful. You shouldn't have fear. You shouldn't, don't be angry. Don't be sad. No, that's invalidating. You feel it, you feel it. If you feel it, it's real. It might not be, the beliefs may not have been true, but that's a whole, that's where we're going now. But if you feel it, you got it, it's real. You can always validate feelings, and sometimes you will validate beliefs and thoughts, and sometimes you'll validate behaviors. But it's, it's, it's the lowest risk is validating the emotion. And so if, if you validate emotion, and then you might go to this, and then you would be like, okay, well, once you do this and you find out what is true, helpful, and down the line, then you're able to, to move beyond that. Let's talk a little bit about behavior, because I, again, we're doing cognitive behavioral tools here. So I went through the cognitive ones, validation, thought challenging, thought refocusing, and these are the two behavioral ones. Uh, for us, and then, then we're going to uh, we're going to have some some uh, group time here in a second. So behavior is important because what am I telling you? I'm saying that your system we cannot determine our activators, but we can determine what we're going to do once the activators come. Yeah. People tell me all the time, like, how do I have a healthy relationship when somebody's unhealthy? You can't have a healthy relationship. <laughs> You can have healthy behavior in the midst of that unhealthy relationship. Because people are going to do unhealthy things, it's going to activate you, and you're going to have to decide, am I going to go survive mode on them, or am I going to go thrive on them? Yeah. And so sometimes people call that the high road. Mm -hmm. so somebody's saying something, and you're just like, well, I mean, the Bible talks about, like, this gentle answer turns away wrath. Yeah. Like, you can, I don't know how to say that in a cooler way, <laughs> but it's like, there's power in that. When you go thrive mode, and somebody survive mode, and I, I don't know what it is about me, but people have talked to me like I'm stupid, and they've said these things, and they've, they've been really upset with me, and I choose to say, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is true, uh, and I, I, I meant to do that, but, but this, I understand, you're very upset. Mm. I'm, I'm sorry that that happened. And I don't let people walk all over me, but I'm, I'm being gentle in my words. Yeah. No, no, you said you wanted this. Okay. Here's the facts. 
But you have a false conclusion. Again, I don't get nerdy, but I use that <laughs> in my ability to, to handle situations. So behavior matters. Because you gotta do the belief work with your thought skills, but then you also gotta do some behavioral work. Because sometimes you have to just do behavioral work because it's harder to do. The, the belief work takes a lot longer. So you can set some boundaries for yourself. Behavioral activation is when we make a decision to do healthy things that are helpful, even when we don't feel like it. This may uh, make you lose some respect for me, but here we go. I cannot even count on one hand how many times I've been in an environment where there's been worship, like music time, and I've wanted to engage with God. You guys still okay with me? Yeah. I do it because I know that once I do it, it's amazing to feel connected to It's amazing to be close to God, my Father, and my Savior, Jesus, and feel the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, the wonderful Counselor. Yeah. But I rarely feel like it. Mm. And I, I would tell you, I, I believe I'm somebody that has a deep relationship with God, but I don't feel like it all the time. Yeah. Mm. I don't always feel like having quality time with my wife or my kids. And I think it's part of it's just my background. I'm, I am, I, I grew up in a lot of isolation, and I'm an introvert. So I just, I'm not used to needing people. I'm, not, I'm used to just being by myself. So even, even from God. And so I behaviorally activate. I worship. I rarely feel like reading my Bible, but I do it every day. As much as possible. I'm not perfect. But I, I want to engage with it because it's healthy and helpful. I know yeah. that there's never been a time that I engaged in worship where I read my Bible and I was like, that's a bad decision. I, yeah. Maybe I read it and I was like, I don't know what, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Paul's going off right here. I don't know what you're saying. Or I'm in the book of Daniel or Revelation. And I'm like, what? 25 heads? What is the, what's going on there? That's not a real thing. I usually don't example. But, but I still was like, man, I'm glad I'm doing this. I know this is, I, there's something here. I need to, I need to get this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, sleeping, eating, exercise, those are things I behaviorally activate. I don't wait until I feel them. Yeah. So proactive, if you want to have live in transformation, you've got to figure out what is healthy and helpful for me, and then do those things. Yeah. Yeah. And you build them into your calendar. Yeah. And over time, that will lead to life transformation. Yeah. Because a lot of times, we do things that are healthy and helpful, and then when they don't work right away, we stop. You will not see transformation in that way. Transformation is a process. Yeah. Man, I, I was worshiping it, and I still feel this, or I still feel that. Mm. It's not Santa Claus. <laughs> it's not the way that it works. Yeah. It's a process, and so we need to do healthy and helpful things. Yeah. And that jumpstarts the system. So it's behavioral activation because you're you're you are actually taking charge and authority, and you're causing some activators, and it's causing this A, B, C, D cycle on purpose. Yeah. It's really good. You can't, some activators you can't choose, but you can't choose some. So whenever you choose to do something healthy, this is what it is. Yeah. Coping strategies are similar, except there is already a negative activator. Something happened that's hard, and you have either rough beliefs, or emotions, or physical, or fight, flight, freeze. There's something negative that's going on in the ABCs, and you choose to do something healthy and helpful. 
Because just like everybody worships, everybody copes. You're alive, you're coping. The question is, are you coping in healthy ways? Because you can do things that are healthy that are not helpful, and you can do things that are uh, unhealthy and helpful. So this is the, the last chart that I'm going to show you here. Um, just, just to communicate this. Behaviorally, we have to get to the place where we have healthy and helpful behavior. Yeah. Because like I told you, I confessed yesterday as if this was a Bronze Addicts Anonymous. <laughs> uh, that's not so anonymous. That it is helpful. It helps me feel better when I eat the ice cream. Yeah. But it's not healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once a week, when I'm with my family and we're celebrating—excuse me—when we're celebrating something, it's healthy and helpful. Yeah. Once a week, but I mean, when it's secretive yeah. and I don't want to tell my wife about it, and I should only be getting one scoop, and I'm going to get two or yeah. three. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It becomes something healthy becomes unhealthy, and now it's unhelpful. And so the, the majority of, of us, especially those of us that are trying to live in relationship with Jesus, we take the unhealthy and unhealthy healthy stuff and we're like, That's, that leads to sin, I'm done with that. But a lot of us allow the unhealthy and the helpful, and a lot of us allow the healthy and the unhelpful. So like, like I'm saying, a, a healthy, unhelpful would be, it's something that's good, it's not necessarily bad, but you're using it at an unhelpful time. Yeah. And so for an example of like, you might use thought challenging with another person. And it's a healthy thing, but it's unhelpful. Huh. Hey, is that true? No, you should just validate it. But you're going with, is that true? Or you're going problem solving and somebody just needs you to give them a hug. Yeah. That's after COVID, of course, yeah. not right now. Well, right now you just like, care about it or something. Or just texting them. Hug in parentheses, I think that works. But this is this is very simple, but it, it will lead yeah. to transformation. It'll help you in that. Because if you read the biographies of Jesus, everything that Jesus did was healthy and helpful. Yeah. This is a perfect example. And a lot of what Paul did was healthy and helpful. Yeah. And a lot of what Peter did was healthy and helpful. And the other and the other people. If you read the Old Testament, you have a lot more <laughs> examples. Of unhealthy and helpful and unhealthy and unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's what's so good about the Bible is it gives you what not to do or what to do. Yeah. And you gotta use wisdom. The Holy Spirit will help you to know when it's hey, it's a hey, do this, and when it's a hey, look, that's what happens if you if you flip your lid, you know what? Bathsheba. <laughs> Watch out. David was flipped. <laughs> He's like, hey, who's that? <laughs> Say little mama. <laughs> I don't know the culture. She may not have been the she may have been tall. Either way. Just big mama isn't as much of a mama, but it could have been at the time. The jury's out. Well, hey big mama. <laughs> I don't know if she really was into it. We'll see when we get to heaven. So now we're going to get into some group time. You can either get into your small group or you can get into, if you're not in a small group and you're around somebody, ask them what small group they're in and maybe you can jump in there or if not, ask a leader and we'll figure out where you can go. 
Before we get that, so we're about to go to group time. So these are two questions that I just want you to, to, to spend a few minutes just sharing this stuff, because there's a lot of stuff that stuck out to you that God was speaking to you that maybe could benefit somebody else, but they were busy with what was God speaking to them. And so we're going to get the greatest benefit by sharing this with each other. We're going to practice this stuff. Now we're going to connect with each other, and we're going to share this, okay? Now, like I said, if you want the charts, I'll send them to you. So right now, I just, I'm going to pray for you. Because, like we said, transformation is possible, but there's a process. And you've got to walk your process. And I use these tools. The tools that I gave you today, I use them every single day. Yeah. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I use them every day because I still have unhealthy thoughts. I still have untrue thoughts. And I have to run them through these filters. I still have to do healthy behavior because it's healthy, not because I feel like it. Okay? So let me pray for you, and then we'll break for group time. Lord, thank you so much for my friends. Thank you for what you're doing in us. Lord, you're so good. We sang that. You're good. We love you. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Help us in this transformation process. Lord, as we break out into groups, I pray that you would give us comfort as we share. Lord, help us to share appropriately uh, and, and not to feel obligated, Lord, but to share in a way that we feel like uh, everybody else can benefit from what is going on in our minds and hearts as we're walking through this retreat. We thank you so much for that. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So we're going to break out into groups now.